Welcome to Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight. My name is Pete Wright, and today on the show, we present a conversation between BA Insight CTO Jeff Freed and Shane Connolly, Principal Product Manager at Elastic. The two begin their conversation on their rich competitive history that has led them to their current roles in the industry through great consolidation in the field to our broader and more accessible search horizons today. This conversation comes on the heels of Elasticon 17 in San Francisco with resources, keynotes, and demos linked through the show notes. Shane introduces us to Elasticsearch and how the Elasticsearch stack faces up against the explosion of data and requirements to access it as the company crests 100 million downloads and growing. Before I hand it over to Jeff and Shane, make sure you head over to BA Insight for more. You can subscribe to the show for free from the site or anywhere fine podcasts are served. And show notes with any links to resources are just to swipe away in your podcast player or on the website at BAinsight.com. So we're talking today about Elasticsearch and in particular about the recent conference, Elasticon, uh, that Shane, you and I were both at, I found that very, very exciting. But let's first, for the uh, listeners, talk a little bit about how we know each other and, you know, the context, because I've been in the search space for a long time, as have you, and I discovered, getting to know you, that we were on the opposite side of a bitter conflict. That's right. We were... We were unknowing enemies exactly <laughs> until recently fast search where i was and autonomy where shane was were like arch rivals yeah. uh, with internal memos in both companies about how evil the other one was it was very very funny yeah the the evilness and how both of them were going to fail yes yeah, the, the repeated motifs, if you will uh, within each company and and, uh, and inevitably both got purchased <laughs> so it came out it came out okay yeah which i didn't find to be a failure at all at fast the integration into microsoft was pretty good and i never in a million years thought i would want to work for microsoft but i loved it what was your experience getting chewed into or, or digested into hp <laughs> uh you know hp was a it was an interesting company it's a it's a behemoth you know, in terms of number of people, um, the breadth of products, and so on, I would say the uh, you know the acquisition maybe didn't go quite as smoothly as as maybe what Fast had at, at Microsoft. But I learned a lot once we were there, and uh, I think we had a good time with with the colleagues as well, and, and learned a lot of uh, really great people there. Well, and we both ended up deciding that smaller, uh, faster growing companies were more interesting than than big behemoths. Uh, I, I went to BA Insight and you went to Elastic, and BA Insight's been working with Elastic for about a year now, and it's, yes. been, it's been fun. I think uh, I think it's a good partnership. Like you said, uh, it's developed really over, over the last year or so. I joined Elastic August of 2016, I guess, or 2015. Sorry, <laughs> time flies. <laughs> so it, it's been a, it's been a good partnership, and I think we both get. Uh, a lot out of out of either side. We did a cloud panel together back in November, which was also really fun from the sort of just this kind of discussion and audience standpoint. What's your take in the big picture of the enterprise search base, having been through sort of the heyday of autonomy, the period of digestion when all the big search companies 
the leading search companies got acquired, and now sort of the, the current era. What What's your take when you look at it from that perspective? It's really interesting uh, sort of seeing the development, right? If you go back to what either of us was really doing, um, the vast majority of the, the enterprise search space at the time was was how do I manage operationally to, to deal with these indexes? How do I how do I grab all the crawlers? How do we force everything into a into a common platform and try and build applications on top of it? A lot of the sentiment is still there, but the systems have changed and how you access those systems has changed and, and the expectation from users has changed. And I think the cloud panel that we hosted sort of was really deep in how cloud hosting and how remote access is starting to become much more important and, and the sort of technologies have sort of fizzled down into a few key players, um, you know, both on platforms that are built up on, on things like fast and inside of SharePoint and technologies like ours, you know, the, the elastic stack and companies that are sort of building platforms on top of it, like, like the insight. I feel like there's some things that haven't changed. A lot of the applications that have been the center of traditional enterprise search for 20 years are the same. Autonomy used to call it what uh, productivity protection and profit or some, some three P's uh, <laughs> that I probably got wrong. But the, the, that's power, all. power, protect, and promote. Oh, there you go. Those applications are still really important, and there's still people struggling with search in the conventional way. Having been through an era of consolidation, when really I think Microsoft, Google with a Google Search appliance, and open source like Elasticsearch drove the cost down, drove the availability way up. There's been so much growth and, to me, a new renaissance of applications and innovation. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think what's what's interesting is both autonomy and fast were priced well out of the traditional startup markets, which sort of restricted who had access to good search technologies. And with open source solutions like Elasticsearch, uh, it's really made that sort of search available to to everybody. So, you know, a startup that has a million dollars in funding can have an absolutely fantastic search experience for their application or, or internal to, the, to their groups. They can build intelligent applications on top of things. And they don't need to worry about throwing away data or not making use of it. And that, that's sort of a paradigm shift in terms of the way technology gets developed these days. That's true. It's much easier and much more accessible. And along with that, there's a whole range of relatively new applications. I mean, applying search to machine data is something that's, again, it's not radically new. But a decade ago, at Fast, I was working on having search replace data marts and data warehouses, but not on log data. And uh, certainly Splunk changed that or changed that perception and disrupted the whole sort of IT management space. Uh, and I see tons of applications like that on Elasticsearch now. So between you know security, which I think of Palantir as being a, having been a very successful pioneer, now lots of companies and lots of uh, applications, a lot of them using Elasticsearch, as far as I can tell, this sort of analytics and search on machine data is a relatively new set of applications that's very powerful. We see that people 
have recognized that throwing away data is often more costly than keeping it, which is sort of a, an interesting way of thinking about things. You know, if you go back 10 years ago, the machines, the, the software was not really built for storing billions or tens of billions or trillions in, in some cases of events. Uh, that's not really what, what was the key thing that you're trying to do. We, we now sort of realize that companies are starting to realize that if I throw away that data, if I lose the access to the granularity or, or lose access to the logs that my system was producing, that can cost you millions of dollars in, in lost productivity and not understanding what a bug was in lost customers because something doesn't get surfaced. Whatever the case is, it, it often just sort of means that keeping data around for a while and, and making sure that it's readily available for search is actually the cheaper solution in the long term. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's, it's both the explosion of data and also the appetite and the ability to keep it. Absolutely. It makes me flash on a, a long time ago, like 16, 17 years ago, I was the CTO of a place called Empirix, which did test and management of many types. We had a web, an application performance management product called OneSite, and we had to boil down monthly things into aggregate statistics in order to keep it. You, you could keep 13 months, and then you could keep yearly statistics for 10 years, but you couldn't keep individual events for longer than a month. Mm -hmm. And now you can. Now you can. And uh, I think we're all becoming data hoarders, really, <laughs> as a result. And, and it, it works out a lot of times from a business perspective, actually uh, keeping that data around for some period of time, as long as it falls in your, your compliance strategy, um, is, is a good thing to do. So for people that may not be familiar with it, maybe you can give us a quick overview of what is Elasticsearch, and, and who is Elastic, the company? Elasticsearch is an open source search and analytics engine. And uh, yeah, it's a, a few keywords there uh, in string, but it, it really is a, a scalable system. It's a clustered search engine um, where it can sort of automatically figure out the best scenarios, the best way to deal with failover, with redundancy of data, um, and ingesting very large quantities of data and making it available for search and analytics over very long periods of time um, or short periods of time if you prefer uh, and uh, and making those available um, in applications like Kibana, which uh, is another piece of the stack, what we call the Elastic stack, uh, but has often been called Elk in, in the past um, to showcase things like potentially log data, but there's also much more rich applications that do search on top of Elasticsearch. So uh, something like Wikipedia is built on top of Elasticsearch in terms of the search functionality uh, up through logs. Many people use it as a you know, operational log analytics or security analytics set of, set of applications. So uh, Elastic is the company that backends those open source and commercial products. Um, so we are you know, a, a highly distributed company uh, probably do an entire podcast on how distributed companies work. We have about 100 million downloads of our software. Um, wow. And if you had, 
had been pulling me in a year ago, I would have been telling you that we had 50 million downloads. And if you were ever here two years ago, I'd been telling you we're at 25 million downloads. So we're, uh, we're definitely increasing the download count pretty rapidly. Wow. How many billion people are on the planet? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I, quick Google would tell us that, right? Oh, there you go. So, <laughs> you know, if you're doubling every year and you're over 100 million downloads, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and of course, you know, it's it's not all individuals that are that are representing each of those. You often sort of see, you know, a, a stack that's deployed for multiple use cases by the same company or or multiple systems that somebody's trying to monitor or manage or, or pull together a, a much more intelligent search than what they might have had before. So it's it's not a one-to-one on people, um, but it is a rapidly accelerating sort of sort of download count. One thing that I've noticed that, that I like a lot are the community. You know, I've, right. I, I've worked a lot in the SharePoint community, and a lot of the listeners will be familiar with that. There is a huge community and tons of meetups around Elasticsearch, around open source. That's actually probably a better measure of number of people that are sort of interacting with Elasticsearch on, on a direct basis uh, is the community members, and we keep track of those counts as well. Um, and so I think a year ago we were at right around 50,000 community members, and we're up to 85,000 now. Uh, so still growing quite rapidly on those, and that's just the people that are attending meetups, right? Um, which is uh, a small fraction of the people that are actually using Elasticsearch. We we both met and agreed to do this podcast back at uh, Elasticon in San Francisco, which was the third such event and the second one I went to. Maybe you can give a, a quick description of it, and then we can talk about it because it's uh, some amazing content that I think our listeners would love. Yeah, so we we started putting together this Elasticon event in San Francisco. It's a place where a number of our community members, people like yourself, um, as well as just practitioners of open source or of uh, Elasticsearch, get together and we host a number of talks. Um, you know, we, we talk internal to our organization about things that we've recently built out, um, new features that are that are now in the product, things that are coming soon, uh, and you know that covers everything from Logstash, Elasticsearch, Kibana, uh, Beats, and and our closed source products as well, um, XPack, and we also have both community members and and customers get up on stage as well and discuss how they are using Elasticsearch in more interesting ways and in sort of an effort to spread knowledge really to, to help everybody understand what is, you know, what, what's going on in the broader elastic community. Um, and I think a lot of people get a, a lot of value out of that uh, between those sessions and the birds of feather sessions and uh, just sort of meeting up with fellow practitioners and the elastic experts that are behind the software. A few thousand people show up uh, and we hosted at San Francisco and in, in one of the piers by, by the ballpark here. Yeah, I will say this was a very hipster event. Uh, <laughs> it was a, it was in a pier right in the bay with seagulls flying around, but big warehouse kind of feeling. The lunches were from food trucks and were fabulous, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Since the sessions are have just been released, everything was video recorded, and uh, you'll see in the show notes. 
a link to Elasticon with all of the sessions available free of charge. So highly recommend reviewing some. Maybe Shane, you could pick some highlights. What what are some uh, sessions or news that you liked best at Elasticon? That's a tough sort of sort of question. Right? There's so many sessions. To me, actually, the big, biggest benefit, the most interesting thing of coming to Elasticon uh, is to meet up with users and and community members really that have really interesting problems. Uh, you know, we run into people that just don't know how to solve some crazy, crazy problem that they've gotten. Um, and, and it's sort of exciting to, to walk through that with them, uh, to try and sort of innovate and come up with ideas together. Uh, that, to me, is the most valuable thing about coming to Alaska. Now, in terms of sessions that were really interesting, um, I really liked Walmart's session. Uh, I thought that was that was really interesting. I, I, you know, you don't expect Walmart to be a technology behemoth, right? They're they're a behemoth, but I, I think a lot of people don't recognize the amount of technology that is running their show. Hearing, you know, they sell 157 bananas a second uh, or something like this, <laughs> right? and and how they're keeping track of all of this and how they're you know managing marketing expectations and, and going through with the sale. It, it was. I think you know that that was fairly interesting. Um, obviously, our our own sessions, the ones where we're talking about what has come out recently and what's coming up, uh, that's a, that is a reason why a lot of people attend. So those are some of the more popular sessions in in whole. Um, so of course, I, I'm the product manager for Elasticsearch. Uh, so you know, I always find the what's evolving in Elasticsearch to be. Uh, a great one to take a listen to. Yeah, and I, I can second that just in terms of recommendations if someone was going and saying, which ones sh- should I watch? Definitely the Elasticsearch core you know, session, uh, what's evolving in Elasticsearch, everything was very alliterative. What makes you most proud from that session, from what's, you know, from a, I'll say, feature function standpoint, if you were talking to your mom about what you've done, <laughs> uh, what would you say? Yeah, my, my my mother and I don't talk too much about search and aggregations. Uh, <laughs> you should, should try it. If Walmart can do it, maybe your mom can too. <laughs> maybe. Um, I, you know, I think there are a, a few things that that are really cool that are that are working in inside of the Elasticsearch product. One of the things that I think is interesting is looking back at past years and sort of looking at how features have developed and what we're spending our time on and what we're not spending our time on anymore. Um, we've made huge strides in terms of the resiliency of Elasticsearch. And we're we're still spending some time in terms of making things like recovery faster and how we're going to do cross-cluster uh, replication. Uh, but we have a, a pretty good sense for what we're going to be doing in there. So we're starting to, we're having less of these sort of discussions about we, you know, Elasticsearch doesn't crash in it or, or, you know, doesn't lose data because we're, we're past that um, in a lot of ways. Uh, we're still making some improvements, but that's not the, the sort of focus. Um, instead, we're talking about, you know, major scale things, things like uh, replacement of tribe with a sort of cross-cluster search uh, technology, um, which we just released the first sort of port part of in, in our recent 
5.3 release of Elasticsearch. Things like that, things like new data types that are making use of the numeric framework called the BKD tree that we built out in um, in 5.0 and, and having new features that sort of sit on top of that from a numeric perspective, I think are, are really fascinating. Yeah, I, I, I am just blown away both by that and by this, the ability to do cross-cluster search and scale to trillions of, uh, of items. I, I just want to riff for a second on what you were saying about what you're not talking about, because there are two things that I really admire uh, that came across at Elasticon. The first is that as an open source company with most of the committers in one company, you could easily end up in a situation like with Red Hat, where you fork the software and there's a free version for open source, which is really sort of a little brother of the real software. But you've not done that. There's, there's no different additions. Everything is open source with the, the closed source stuff being kept for add-ons and things that are called X-Pack, because uh, obviously because you're all X-Men is the way I assume that. <laughs> um, that is, I, I think, quite admirable. Admirable. It's it's a long-sighted uh, approach by a company to open source. Um, the other is that it's an engineering culture, and I was in a bunch of meetings which were very quickly the developer would say, yes, I can add that, that will happen, but we have to test it. We have to make sure it's testable. Things, the test fixtures are released with the code. And the, the, it's a great argument for why open source can be actually higher quality than commercial software. Yeah. I mean, to, to your first point, which is, you know, there's no open source versus closed source delineation or, or you know, commercial version um, of Elasticsearch, it, it is some, something that we fundamentally do not believe in that setting up a, a company or piece of software where there is a open source community version and a some sort of commercial version that is in theory better tested just don't believe in that as a business model uh, don't believe in that as a software model really i'm sure um, you, i'm sure you've been tempted come on it's if you did that you would be able to make a lot more money in the near term maybe it, it opens up the the next question, right? Anybody that's that is thinking about this, if they're coming in as a potential customer, their their question is going to be, well, what's the difference between these two, right? What's the difference between the commercial version and the community version? And if the answer is something along the lines of which. This tends to be the answer. Well, the closed source version is, or the, you know, our commercial version is much better tested. Uh, it has, you know, the full backing of our engineers. Then the question is, well, why? You know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to run this community version, like that means you're not testing it. Does that mean that anybody can commit code? And it often sort of results in a lag. So the fundamental thing that comes out of that is, well, in order for us to do the tested commercial version, you have to spend more time actually doing the testing, right? That, that's a fundamental tenet of, of that development cycle, which means that the commercial version lags 
the the community version it means that you don't get all the best new features in in the commercial version yeah. and then you start asking you know the the appropriate question afterwards is well which features am i missing out on because i'm going to this this you know commercial version so it's fundamentally a model that we don't believe in you could argue that maybe you could make more uh, you could increase your revenue by doing this. Um, but we also believe in the power of, of code developing additional features in, as you mentioned, our, our X pack and having that available. And we hope that we create enough value in those commercial extensions along with our support and our consulting and, and training uh, that we provide to create a compelling event for somebody that is running Elasticsearch in a major production scenario. And that tends to be the case, right? There's there's a lot of value in those in that plugin and in XPack that drives adoption um, into running both the open source, you know, community version that's the same as as what we give our customers and the extension points, the the additional value that's being co-developed, co-released at the same time. Um, and everything is being tested in full in, in this sort of highly tested me- mechanism and ma- manner that Elasticsearch tends to be tested in. Well, I don't want to spend the whole time on this, but I did want to remark on it because it's remarkable. Um, and I, I think it's, it's, it's quite wise, and it means that when you're using Elasticsearch, you only have one version. And you've also been able to do a remarkable job in terms of versions and having a whole stack that is, uh, that's coherent. There were some things that I loved from a session standpoint that I would all like also like to point out. Yeah. You mentioned the, the roadmap sessions about Elasticsearch, about Kibana, about Logstash, which is a way to bring in um, very easily logs from all kinds of different machines about something called Beats. I love Kibana, and actually we're using Kibana as are as the basis of our smart analytics product at BA Insight. Um, and there were several sessions about Kibana because there's been a lot of great development, more visualizations, a function called Time Lion, and that is a session that I definitely recommend if someone's into how do you do data visualization. Time Lion's quite cool. And that you unveiled this thing called Canvas that uh, maybe you can describe it better than I can. <laughs> Canvas is a tough thing to describe. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think of it as a drag-and-drop visualization environment. So you can put pictures on things, you can animate your data, and yeah. and make dashboards that aren't graphs and numbers. Yeah, you know, it's so, so Canvas is, um, as you mentioned, Kibana is both an application... Uh, that's used for log analytics and, and sort of visualizing the data that's inside of Elasticsearch, as well as a platform, right? And we started to see an increase in sort of uh, the plugins that you can add into Kibana to extend and, and add value on, which, you know, it sort of includes what the Insight has done. Canvas is, is a sort of new plugin that goes on top of Kibana. And I sort of think of it a little bit as like, what if your PowerPoint presentations could actually draw live data? Um, you know, a lot of times you you give presentations to executives and you might want to 
you know, provide download counts, right? That's that's one of the interesting metrics that we keep track of or community members. Um, and that data is often stored in, in some sort of system. And we really, you know, Canvas allows you to showcase what that data looks like, slice and dice it in analytics functions in a presentation format. Rather than taking format. like a screenshot of a BI dashboard and putting it into PowerPoint. Yeah, or or you know, grabbing something, dumping, you know, pulling the numbers from some sort of SQL server or whatever it is, and and putting it into an Excel table, and then trying to create some sort of graph in Excel, and then embed the Excel inside of a inside of your presentation or or the Excel um, chart. Right? It, it it allows you to do all of that sort of in in a single go uh, using live data, and that that data can in fact be massive as, as Elasticsearch can handle just huge quantities of data. And the last thing uh, from a content standpoint I'll point out is the machine learning. Uh, because Elastic acquired a company called Prelert, and I learned at this conference there are two people that I worked with back at Empirix uh, were oh, Prelert. Nice. Um, and having a, a blast with that acquisition. I also went directly from Elasticon to the last day of Google Next, which was all about machine <laughs> learning. So I had the sort of compare contrast of machine learning approaches. Uh, and I will say that machine learning, there were two sessions there. Uh, they were both great at Elasticon. And the approach is very pragmatic. It's learning within the context of how do I manage this IT infrastructure? How do I automatically look for outliers? How do I learn what's normal behavior so I can put attention on the things which are unusual, not freeform machine learning. And that was, I think, very, very good. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, both of us have been around and heard of a lot of machine learning on top of search for quite some time. And machine learning itself is a, is a fairly conflated term. Right? People confuse a lot of different things in terms of what is machine learning, and it can be categorization, it can be, you know, vision processing or speech to text or, you know, uh, smart categorization of documents or all these sort of different uh, types of machine learning. You know, a, a lot of people use the Elastic Stack for uh, log analytics, for operational analytics, uh, for security analytics. And we wanted to provide some additional value on that type of data in a very pragmatic way. Um, and that's where we're really getting started is, is the time series machine learning anomaly detection. So, you know, find when my hits on my website drop to zero and they really shouldn't, or when they spike from uh, China, you know, and I don't expect that uh, uh, we, we should be having this many hits from, from this particular part of the world. Um, and doing that that type of analysis and automatic flagging, so that people can really go dig in and find find why, and we could propose some root cause analysis for it as well. Yeah, well, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, you know, because we built smart analytics on Kibana, I left Elasticon with a lot of uh, essentially free new good features simply by coming to the next version, and the ability to use things like the machine learning as a really distinctive feature. And again, you know, you, you mentioned the, the sort of 
closed source version, open source, you know, or, or commercial versus uh, community version. And this is really where, you know, again, we hope that us adding this machine learning into XPAC as, as an extension really creates new value for people and creates a sort of compelling event. So uh, glad to hear that you you heard a lot and, and sort of felt a lot about the how good it was going to be. Uh, so that, that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, as you know, B-Insight's B been focused in the last, since broad about six months ago to market a complete enterprise search solution with Elasticsearch and SharePoint because we come from sort of the SharePoint world uh, and it's a very ubiquitous portal environment. It feels like you know, I had great meetings around that um, and found quite a number of people who cared because they needed connectors to lots of systems. They want to have sort of a, a fluid and uh, familiar way to present it in a portal in SharePoint. And they weren't deeply into the Microsoft stack so that having a separate search made sense for them. In, in a couple of cases, it was for features you just couldn't do otherwise. Real-time indexing, for example, like the, I met a financial services company that wanted to make uh, stock transactions very easily, easy to explore and visualize. You'd never do that with, with SharePoint search yeah. uh, or, or geo search or aggregations. And there's a lot of cool capabilities, but uh, I've also run into people that just from the standpoint of continuity felt like, oh, if I use open source, I've been through fast being bought by Microsoft and Google discontinuing the, the GSA. If I use Elasticsearch, I won't be caught like that because no matter what, I can always use the source and there'll always be a community. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're looking to build a company that's here to stay. The, the company is, is relatively new compared to some of these uh, you know, old-time search vendors. Um, I've seen the value of making sure that this is open source uh, to, to users, really. Um, you can dig in. You can see what the code's running. Uh, you can look at the tests that we're performing. You can add things in yourself, um, and it's going to be around, you know, as long as uh, as long as GitHub is is around, <laughs> if not longer, right? <laughs> Archaeologists will be uh, excavating GitHub in a thousand years, <laughs> right? Uh, I also have started seeing people replacing their Google search appliances with Elasticsearch in our stuff, which. I'm surprised by it because it's almost the antithesis of the Google. The search appliance had this image that you could plug it in all in one place. You could plug it in and go. And Elasticsearch is almost the exact opposite of that. It's designed to be something you muck with. Yeah. You know, we sort of focus on one of our core tenets as being developer friendly. Yeah. Um, that's that's something. Every time we design a new feature, we make sure that the API is designed reasonably. That um, we don't have access to something that an end user don't would have access or would not have access to. Yeah, we, we really think about API API first, uh, which it, it gives us a few things. One is it gives us a great opportunity for uh, companies like like BA Insight to make use of the technology and really flush out the things that 
know, Elasticsearch does not do. You know, we don't have connectors. Uh, we we don't do the sort of full SharePoint integration uh, for the users that want to do that. And, and by having good APIs, we hope that that reduces the amount of time that you have to spend on your developers, you know, doing integration work effectively. But at the same time, it allows our users, our customers to go through and build things that they would have never had an opportunity to before. Um, I, you know, the, the developer is really starting to gain mind share in bigger companies and, and have more purchasing power, right? I think a lot of people purchase these uh, things like GSAs for plug and play, you know, and, and just set it up and let it run. But it wasn't powerful enough for everybody. And uh, this is this is a sort of way to open up the the capabilities to new users as well. That's quite cool. So, do you have any quick advice for people that started with solar? Uh, I know so- solar is a an alternative open source project to Elasticsearch that's much older. But what what when you run into people that have already been using solar and are thinking about Elasticsearch, what's your What's your advice? Yeah, so both Elasticsearch and Solar are built on top of the Lucene library, which mm-hmm. is the, the open source Apache Foundation library that, that is really an information retrieval library. Um, but, it, you know, Lucene doesn't have scaling. It doesn't have caching. It doesn't really have the sort of APIs that you would expect um, to, to integrate with. So that's where both Elasticsearch and Solar spend their time is sort of building up on top of that core Lucene information retrieval library and, and adding value for external developers and external users. Uh, for somebody that's coming from, you know, a world where they've developed uh, something in, in Solar or, or been using Solar for a while, we try not to tell people that, that you should use something that you're not comfortable with. Uh, I don't think that sets us up, anybody up for long-term success. Um, so for those users that are considering trying Elasticsearch, I would, I would say go out and try it. You know, it's a, it's a free, simple download. It's easy to get started. We have good getting started guides, um, videos to, to get you up and running, um, and see how it works for you. You a lot of times have these, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentalities. Um, and that, that is often, you know, the path of least resistance. Uh, and for users that that are that don't want to move, then don't, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, we see a lot of people adopting Elasticsearch because of the APIs that it provides, because of the caching mechanisms, because uh, we provide very good external support of, of uh, certain types of features, including geo features, including aggregations, and, and the way that we do um, analytics on top of search data Elasticsearch tends to be a, a good way to go, but again, I, I wouldn't want to push somebody in that direction if they weren't comfortable with it. I also observe that the community, the search community, has definitely gained from having both. I mean, Elasticsearch has been totally taking off and has uh, huge traction, but I, I start seeing things that are written originally for Solar show up in Elasticsearch and some things written originally for Elasticsearch end up migrating solar so there's there's sort of um cross-pollination going on yeah i mean that's that's the way of open source um i think that's really where everybody's at as as a community and 
uh, as developers as a whole is, you know, we're all using this Lucene thing under the, under the covers. Um, there are interesting things, you know, Elastic has a number of Lucene committers. Uh, so we, we commit stuff back. Um, there's a variety of companies that are producing solar, including Lucidworks. They, they commit stuff back into Lucene and we can sort of, you know, pull either of those things up into a higher level. And, uh, it's really about how you do that and, and, which pieces you pull up and, and how that really defines the, the products. Yeah. Well, there's certainly no question that open source is a key force in sort of a new wave in search. And uh, it, it's very, I think, very I think more than search. I think yeah, it's more yeah, than definitely. search, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it clearly, but open source in, in the world is, is uh, you know, having just had a, a day full of TensorFlow, uh, Google's open source machine learning libraries, it's, it's just incredible. So before we, as we wrap up, any last advice to listeners? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like you mentioned, we just pushed out a bunch of videos onto uh, the Elastic website with, you know, all the Elasticon sessions. Those are great places to, to go if you're an experienced user or just getting started to sort of hear how people are using um, Elasticsearch in, in the wild, really. Go check those out. Um, if you want to get started sort of fiddling around with data, if you're a newer user and, and you're interested in what is this Elasticsearch thing all about anyway, uh, again, we have downloads. It's freely available. You can pull it down and we'll have, uh, I think the instant you download, you'll be presented with a uh, getting started with Elasticsearch webinar that will hopefully have my voice attached to it as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that, that will hopefully give you uh, some, some insight into, into getting started. Great. So if you love Shane's lovely voice, you can just uh, download Elasticsearch and hear more of it. Absolutely. Uh, you'll see uh, the links in the show notes yet again, uh, including uh, some links to BA Insights solution on Elasticsearch and some blogs that will help you, if you're coming from the SharePoint world, understand what this can open up and the kind of new applications you can do. Thanks for downloading and listening to the show this week. On behalf of Jeff Freet and Shane Connolly, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll catch you next week on Shared Insights, the podcast from BA Insight.